0: I'm sorry that I missed your party. I wish I had a better excuse, but I can't even lie, you got me. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. I was busy thinking about boys. Boys! Boys! Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to Aya versus the Big Boys. Tonight's fight, WandaVision. Hello and welcome. My name is Kevin Cookman, resident Big Boy and ringleader for the matchup of the century. As you very much know, we are struggling in a global pandemic, most of us working from home. Uh, The side effect of that, a lot more free time to catch up on media of all shapes and sizes. We all have movies we know we should have seen by now, but just haven't. Call it the canon, call it the IMDb Top 250, or call them the big boys. The pinnacles of cinema Maybe the most explicitly patriarchal artistic medium of all time. It's time. For a bro movie beatdown, without any further ado, in today's episode and every episode, I am joined by the titular prize fighter herself, Aya
1: Layman. Oh, there are no memorable quotes from actually what? what... A call. Oh wait, I'm you kidding. know there's
0: a memorable quote. Uh, what is grief but love persevering?
1: I forgot. I forgot about the line. Tm. I've blocked it out.
0: Yeah, that's um, good what on is, you. <laughs> what is this
1: podcast, if not our egos, persevering?
0: Whoa, nice. Got him.
1: Got us. us. My Got us. my favorite quote from the show, my favorite quote from the show, thank God they repeated it, is when Katherine Hahn is in the basement of her crazy house, and Wanda's trying to do her little, like, Ooh, and Katherine Hahn says, these are runes, Wanda. <laughs> I thought it was the most <laughs> perfect delivery I've ever heard in a Marvel Cinematic Universe. These are runes, Wand. Oh, it was so perfect. Oh, I was so perfect. I can't get over it.
0: You're on that content train. Chugga, I'm- chugga, chugga.
1: Chugga, 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 baby. I, I was going to watch the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's okay. All right. That's my weekend. We hit we a wall players. very quickly. Are you going to watch the SpongeBob
1: Good. movie, Kevin? Is it, is I'm not going weekend, to watch the
0: right? Spongebob movie. No? I think so, yeah. Paramount Plus launched yeah. this weekend. Well, no, I mean, why watch Spongebob after Steve Hillenburg died? Like, mm. after his shit, I mean, he's been out of the show for, like, a decade now. And coincidentally, the last decade of Spongebob has kind of been ass.
1: Unfortunately, I did make a blood pact with the devil. Um, and I will be watching it because um, it g- g- features one Keanu Reeves. <laughs>
0: uh, so I must see, watch I it. I waiting for the catch. I was waiting for it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at this adult child and thinking, ah, here's the thing: there's a lot <laughs> going on there, but SpongeBob isn't quite fitting the bill. But thank you, Rings I it all l- back. I
1: love SpongeBob. Honestly, I, w- I have like a tweet saved where I'm like, SpongeBob is our most enduring text. I love SpongeBob. I feel like it will bridge, <laughs> it will bridge generations for years to come. <laughs>
0: If Iran ever wants to assassinate one of our stalwarts of of culture, they need to shoot Spongebob in the skull. Right in
1: the head. (laughs) Let's talk about Marvel. I want to talk about Marvel with you. I've been dying to talk about Marvel with you. Are you ready to talk Marvel? We have very different Marvel opinions, and I feel like I have actually yelled at you for about that.
0: Possibly. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, America's opening back up. Uh, that means Marvel God. is coming right back in, baby. So I'm guessing, uh, I think there's three more shows that come out this year. Mm-hmm. And I think three movies as well that are slated for release in 2021. Immortals is November. Shang-Chi is this August. Oh. And then at some point, they're going to release Black Widow. again. Still. Oh,
1: I forgot about her. Okay.
0: Yeah, everyone does. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I really used to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I was a huge fan. I I was usually the outlier in any group of friends that I was in. I was kind of around a lot of cynical people who were already saying fuck Marvel around like Winter Soldier era. Uh, I was like just so excited by the prospects of what they were making there of just like pumping millions and millions of dollars into this long form storytelling that, you know, time and time again, I think Age of Ultron was the first time where I was like, okay, things are starting to fall apart a little bit, but I guess I trust what they're doing here in the end. In the end, everything will be cleaned up. Everything will be fine. And then, of course, we got the end game. And it was like, okay, uh, they didn't fix anything. It just barreled right ahead. Uh, Consequences that I thought were going to be consequences uh, didn't really happen. Cool theories that I thought would probably turn into actually interesting plots uh, didn't really happen. And then I think worst of all, this whole fucking... Like 23 movies all about these Infinity Gems. And the only reason you would ever care about these Infinity Gems... Or if you're a fucking rat like me who has the Marvel encyclopedia and already knows what the fuck they are. Because otherwise... If I'm like Andy, who likes going to Blockbuster to rent True Lies, what do I know about it? Infinity Rock? Who fucking cares? Who <laughs> In- fucking cares?
1: Infinity Rock.
0: Uh, and it's just like a bummer because it was like a franchise that I thought was, you know, making up this really rich lore as it went along, and it had the veneer of that, and then you get to the end game, literally. And uh, it seems like you could literally j- jump right in, having never seen any of the other films, and have gotten a pure experience, which I found to be blasphemous. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, agreed. I strongly agreed, honestly. I feel like. You agree? Yeah,
0: I thought we were—you were so ready to butt heads over this.
1: Oh, I—I I feel like when I when it comes down to like my Marvel opinions, I really mean like the nitty-gritty of like who are your guys, like who are your characters, which movies do you like, like that though. Like that's what I usually will fight about because you have insane favorites. Like, let's be clear—we're on the same page about the breakdown of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but your faves are insane.
0: <laughs> Here, let's drop our top fives right now. What what are your top five MCU films?
1: I'm gonna say like one and two, but they switch forever are Thor Ragnarok and Captain America Winter Soldier, which are the two best MCU films. I'm sorry. Um, I like the first Avengers. Uh, Number four probably would be... I really dig Thor 1. I'm a big Thor girl. Uh, Thor is my favorite Avenger, hands down. So I love Thor. Thor 1. Okay. Okay. And also, but my favorite, like, my favorite characters are loki and the winter soldier and loki so good in the first Thor. so low for the, so that one and then five rounded and out would probably be oh, iron man one which feels so boring but it's so good i like secretly love iron man 2 but i don't know if i could claim it like that wow
0: you know? this is a, a trash top five holy shit i like <laughs> i feel like i
1: like guardians of the galaxy 2 but uh, i just really like the soundtrack i don't remember anything about the movie I like Kurt Russell. Yeah. Maybe I like maybe Guardians of the Galaxy Two is up there. Maybe it edges out. It takes out Thor. I think Guardians of the Galaxy Two takes out Thor.
0: Uh, I have Thor ranked at number twenty three on my rankings. Uh, well, <laughs> well, you're about to
1: expose yourself for your psycho ranking.
0: Yeah, because this is fucking definitive. These are the best of the best. Because top five, number five, Captain America: The First Avenger. Number four, Captain America: Civil War. Number three, oh. The Avengers. Number yeah. two. Guardians of the Galaxy, number one, Guardians of the Galaxy, volume two. Easily.
1: Civil War is number four?
0: Mm. Civil War should be number one, if I'm being honest.
1: Well, it should be, but it should be everyone's number one, but it wasn't.
0: Well, I think Civil War is so interesting because it takes so much time to uh, do what Age of Ultron did, but a lot better. Because I think some of the best parts of Age of Ultron are just the fact that they're just hanging out at a farm. It's all these Avengers and superheroes and gods and they're hanging out at parties. Uh, They're arguing over the ethics of making uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, It's really good, like, Comic book writing uh, between characters that you want to snap at each other. And then Civil War is just, okay, what if it wasn't so fun anymore? What if they've killed like hundreds and thousands of people and they now have to reckon with either to check themselves or to live on as free agents? Which is always a really interesting question when it comes to the myth of superheroes and what superheroes are meant to symbolize in the greater American culture and how our, you know, idolization of them kind of bleeds into our idolization of actual authority figures yeah. uh, that we know in real life. And I think Civil War is the only film that has actually contended with what these who these people are, you know, and, and what they're doing. You know, there's that one vision line that Sets off the whole film when they bring up the Sokovia Accords. I can't believe I know every fucking term in this movie. I'm so fucking ashamed. Oh, I
1: get like so mad. I was watching Endgame with my mom and I would, and she would be like, Who's that? And I'd pause and give her a full breakdown of everything that character's been through. And I was like, Why do I know everything? This? Why do I know? Th- Why is this taking up space in my brain?
0: I'm more upset that I know Game of Thrones shit, mm. but this mm-hmm. is a close second. Yeah. But like when Vision is talking about the Sokovia Accords and he brings up the point of like, Well, ever since there's been more of us. There have been more villains as well. There are people looking to challenge us. And I found that concept just so fascinating. Everything that happens in Civil War, they... I kind of predicted it when I first watched it like okay this is cool everyone's kind of feuding it's going to bleed into things they will never go back to this ever again they will never return to any of the uh, of the relationships in this film and yeah. guess what the next film where they're all together is Infinity War where Thanos pops up out of nowhere and everyone's working together again no questions asked huge Big disappointment.
1: huge that movie falls into the classic Marvel pitfall of too many too many not even villains just like too many climaxes basically where like daniel Bruhl is a fascinating lo- i fucking love daniel Brule. i love him yeah, He's so good he's so good and he's wasted in that he's totally wasted in that movie and like i think he's an interesting i think that storyline is really interesting but then they bring the whole like cap and tony fighting which like it makes sense that he's the one doing that but then the whole his whole backstory like it's just like a lot of movie and I remember being like, "What is this come?" And I it came to a head appropriately, but it just took a, a lot of moving parts to get there. And you're like, "Oh right, this is like the Marvel goof that they always make. They can't yeah. figure it out." And it, it happened, gorgeous segue. It happened, like, like, it happened perfectly in Wandavision. The exact same problem happened in WandaVision, but it was even more intense because they had it was longer because it had episodes <laughs> and you're like, "Oh no." For me, the problem with WandaVision <laughs> is that I loved WandaVision. I was really into WandaVision until that happened and the and the second that happened, downhill so fast, but it wasn't like It didn't feel worth it like it does in a civil war.
0: So when you say that happened, what do you mean specifically in WandaVision?
1: Okay. It's the problem of too many bad guys slash too many, maybe it's just too many characters. I can't really put my finger on what it is because it simultaneously feels like too many bad guys, too many climaxes, too many storylines, too many characters. And like, I know that that's kind of like a common criticism of the marvels and Medic universe but i don't mean in that like i really enjoy infinity war and i do enjoy civil war more than i'm kind of giving it credit for because i like the love actually vibe of it all of these characters running into each other for the first time i really enjoy that but the problem that 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 raises is your the end of your movie gets so convoluted and they cannot figure out how to streamline it and wandavision fell into that trap immediately like you get the reveal of katherine hahn who was like totally wasted and her only real big like the only reason that she was there was to reveal that wanda is the scarlet witch which like we've all known for the entire time <laughs> But that's, like, her only purpose there. And so we have, like, this big buildup to her. But then you lose the big buildup of what's this other guy doing with, not shield, what are they called? Sword. Sword? Ugh, God, it's nonsense. Sword it's and shield, absolute
0: baby. Absolute nonsense. She loved the
1: MCU. Um, yeah, it just completely, it builds into something really, really, it had, like, a really nice build, I felt, with the format. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, oh. God, this cannot end faster. <laughs> Please end this. It was I thought it was I thought it was a nightmare. I personally thought it was a nightmare.
0: Let's zoom out a little bit. If we Okay. If, yes. If we may. Yes. If we may. Please. Like zoom way out. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay.
0: You are the TV editor at Merry Go Round magazine. A oh, word? This is the first television series that we're ever talking about on the podcast. That's very true. So I think for anyone listening at home, and also for me, why are you the TV editor? Like, what what is your relationship with television? What Do you have a design philosophy when it comes to TV?
1: I just love TV. I think I've always really loved TV. And that sounds so, like, boring. Like, I just love TV. But I feel, like, truly, like, I need it. In a way that, like, I love movies because movies feel like a treat to me. I feel like movies have always been a very special little treat for me to enjoy. And TV is just, like, the... <laughs> Basic foundation of me as a person. Like I love to pop on a new show. I love to start a show. I love to not finish a show, which I think is one of my worst qualities. But I just like I love my programs. I love my programs. I like TV so much because I do love character in in my you know my media. I think that's like a huge part of what I love about watching something is getting to really like dig in with some characters and like a lot of the shows that i love so much are like major character pieces which i feel like most tv is which is kind of funny because i love the show <laughs> i like binge watched the entire 12 seasons of criminal minds i think there's more now but at the time and i remember watching it and being like this doesn't feel right for me and i remember it's because like those characters act like they've never met each other in every single episode Um, And I was like, this is so wrong, but I'm not going to stop. The thing about WandaVision is that I do think you really needed more time with Wanda. I think that that's what the MCU has really been failing at recently. As they introduce more and more characters, they want to give more screen time to each character. But, like, why should I care? Do you know what I mean? And, like, I really, I always knew I should like Wanda for some reason. I was just like, yeah, 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 she seems cool. Like, I... I, Her power is sick. But, like, when Endgame was coming out, or, like, Infinity War and Endgame were, like, happening, I remember there was a lot of talk because people didn't know what her situation was. She's the strongest Avenger, if I'm not mistaken. It's, like, her and Captain Marvel are the strongest Avengers with, like, a follow-up from Thor. And so... But, like, no one knew that because we had not truly seen, like, the stretch of her power. And so I really like that they decided to go with this because also like her story is so sad (laughs) which we learn in the show and so i i feel like this was perfectly my perfect execution of television where it's just like i get to spend a lot of time with these characters and really understand what is going on with them which the mcu is not very good at like you get that with a couple characters like captain america which even then they they always fumble at the end
0: yeah i find this show really odd Uh, Because I think Marvel's new TV initiative is like a, a weird sort of retconning of all of the times they've skirted over character in, in the past with their films. You know, the funny thing is you look up YouTube, Scarlet Witch, all scenes, and it's 20 minutes out of like seven movies that she's in. Yeah, She's the one that almost beats Thanos, and we like barely spend any time yeah. with her. WandaVision is completely based on this romance between Wanda and Vision. If you look up that montage on YouTube, it's nine minutes Like, that is all we get to spend with those two characters.
1: it feels so creepy. Does it feel creepy to you, Kevin? It feels so creepy to me.
0: (laughs) Like, them in general or them in WandaVision? In general. Because I think it's two different levels of creepiness. It's very
1: different. WandaVision feels lovely and obviously it's creepy for a different reason because she's built this man out of her memories, which is very sad. But, like, in Civil War, or, yeah he's her keeper basically like he's basically created which is very funny because he's also a very powerful avenger he has the powers of an infinity stone and he's like grounded to babysit wanda and they're like weird love tension that doesn't actually even appear until infinity war right like it's not really it's kind of implied in in civil war what's going on between them But then you really get it in Infinity War when they're just like in Scotland kissing.
0: Ooh, okay. We'll talk about that in a sec because there's some moments in this fucking show that got me real fucking tilted. Uh Uh, You bring up that you think their relationship is lovely in this show. I found it horrific and terrifying and completely disrespectful of him. Correct me if I'm wrong, but vision in the show and part of the whole mystery box structure of Mm the show is that. It's really doling out information to you, the viewer, on a very slow basis, yeah. even though everyone in the show knows what's going on before you do. I find that awful. But Except
1: Vision, right? Because Vision, you're kind of catching up with Vision. Like Vision you're and kind you of are catching, at the same yeah.
0: time. Yeah, I think so. Because w- the weird thing with Vision is that he is this like conjuring from Wanda's imagination, but at the same time, he does have all of... The previous visions, memories, and he's basically a clone. He doesn't like she's have the, effectively he, no, he doesn't
1: him. have the previous visions, memories. Really? Yes. When he's like walking around the town and he sees Catherine Han in her car, he like snaps her out of it, quote unquote, as we learn later, and she's like, "Your vision," and he's like what and she's like you're dead and he's like i am and she's like oh uh thanos killed you and he's like who's thanos right am i right in the
0: in the in the series finale though he's having that one on one with white vision and the entire idea isn't it is that he's bringing up i forgot the name of the ship but the idea of this like ancient ship that if you replace all of the wood the rotten wood and you give it new wood is it still that same ship which i think The idea is that, like, at that point in the series, when he's talking to Agnes in the car he hasn't quite fully come to his complete senses like everyone in the town is. Because like everyone in the town is kind of in a daze and they don't know where they are. But then by the end, they fully know like, oh, my ch- my children are trapped in a house. Please let me go see them, Wanda. I think Vision is like the same way, but he comes to his own mind a lot earlier because he gets to escape the bubble and talk to Darcy. And I hate how much Laura I remember from the show. I'm going to keep saying that throughout the whole episode. But I think, you know, I, th- I-, I think it's... in imply that Vision is the real Vision.
1: Yeah, it's just like her memory of him. And I think that he's just... You're right. He's, he is just slowly catching up. Because obviously he knows who Wanda is, but it's, it's pretty clear to me he like doesn't know... Because he, remember he says, what's an Avenger? When he's talking to Catherine Hahn. I think he understands it from what he learns from everyone around him, but I, I sincerely don't think he has memories.
0: At the end of the day, she's still creating this guy who purposely is, is like implanted with amnesia so he doesn't really know who he is and is run through the ringer of these sitcoms And this like social experiment where he is barely cognizant of 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 what's going on, but is still able to go through it because of Scarlet Witch's charms. And it's just like the weirdest uh, uh, power. It's a very uncomfortable power dynamic Mm -hmm. in their relationship, where he is basically a slave to her the entire time, uh, and yet it plays it off as this very loving romance between the two. Where their final line is like, you know, we've said goodbye before, so it stands the reason. And then she finishes the fucking sentence that we'll say hello again. again. It's like romantic, but at the same time, like that entire concept is horrifying. That is so fucked up to do to your lover, because I mean, she doesn't have to actually recreate vision. Vision, at the end of the day, is like a a bunch of algorithms and and data going through a microchip. You can essentially put it in any machine. Yeah. And so you just put a mindstone stone on it and that's the jumper cable. That's all you need to do to make a new fucking, uh, you know, robot fuck buddy. The show and the fan base and the general reception has cra- like, has heaped on this beautiful love story when I think this is a lot more depraved uh, at its core.
1: It definitely is. I mean, it gets into the whole, like, it gets into, like, a weird ethics conversation of, like, Obviously, there's the people that she's controlling, but, like, her children and Vision are not real people.
0: Except they are. They're not. Well, they're not, but they are, though. That's the uncomfortable part is that, you know, it's that whole multidimensional multiverse of madness shit.
1: And, like, because Vision does have autonomy in a way. And Uh so do her kids. So it's like they are real it's just, it gets into the, it gets into like a very strange like ethics of like what is, uh, it gets into like a freaking Frankenstein paradox of like, is it ethical to create life?
0: Do you think the MCU will ever dive into those ethics? Despite making an entire fucking show about these ethics, will they ever explore these ethics?
1: N- no, no. Because the end of the program, you're supposed to feel very sad that like her vision is being taken from her. And I was sad too. But like obviously they're going to bring, because the real Vision is now back. The white Vision is the real Vision. He has those memories, and so she could take him back, I feel. It's upsetting that they let her walk free at the end when she just terrorized an entire city full of people. And they tell her that many times. They're like, these people are being, they're taking <laughs> taking major psychic damage because of your behavior because you're sad and i get that she's like traumatized and stuff but like does the mcu think this was a healthy healthy coping mechanism <laughs> like what's the situation this show takes on so much we're talking frankenstein <laughs> we're talking i mean like the entire concept of grief i suppose they think they can write off with what is grief if not love persevering which is like what i can't even get it i, I can't even wrap my mind around that line because it's like true but like are we okay with the fact that this avenger like is trying to heal her grief which is like very <laughs> it's very valid that she's grieving because her life has been a disaster are we supposed to be okay with the fact that she is bringing civilians into this and truly like it sounds like they are being physically ultimately they will experience long-term damage because of what she did to them in this town. Yes. Is that okay? Like, is that okay? Like, I, I, like, and we're supposed to be okay with her being, with her walking off being like, ah, I'm not the bad guy here. Where she's like, am I the bad guy? I don't know. And I'm like, the show thinks she's not,
0: right? Uh, it does it it doesn't think that she's the bad guy, and then you have the post credit sequence where she's reading that doom book or whatever, yeah. Uh, and the whole idea is that that book is going to open up multiverses, and you know, right. That's the weird thing with these with these with these shows, and any of these movies too, is that like I feel like part of the key lore of any of the actual products themselves are the interviews that surround <laughs> the product. And so, like, when Kevin Feige says, leading into WandaVision, by the way, this directly sets up Doctor Strange sequel, then it's like, oh, okay, now we're just looking out for that. Now we're just doing that. When Paul Bettany goes, oh, I'm acting in a scene with one of my greatest acting heroes, that suddenly becomes key lore of things to look out for. Uh, When fucking Elizabeth Olsen goes, oh, we have, like, a Luke Skywalker-grade cameo, that becomes a thing to look... it's exhausting. The answers to each of those is that Paul Bettany was talking about himself as White Vision. That's the actor he always wanted to That's work funny. with. And then Elizabeth Olsen was talking about Evan Peters uh, showing okay. up as Quicksilver. Okay,
1: I thought you meant something later. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That was funny, but ultimately it means nothing. What a waste. Right? What a waste. It feels frustrating that like to start this show that has a lot of promise, I felt it showed a lot of promise, and then I sit there at the end of the show and my first thought is, oh darn! I wish that I knew this was gonna be about Captain Marvel. I would have studied up on Captain Marvel more. Either go all the way, where I need to know every piece of lore out there, or just give me my standalone show. Having I, I don't know how I feel about this carrying so much weight in the MCU, but I guess it's good ultimately.
0: I, 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 I don't care. I don't. Oh. I, 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 I don't care. I because it's, it's. You have Here's the thing. I think the point where I officially dropped out of the MCU, if you want to go back to like our, our MCU uh, like overall talk,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when Spider-Man Far From Home followed up Endgame, Endgame being this end-all, be-all, the world has changed, everything is going crazy, the ramifications of what has just happened at the end of this film will bleed into years to come. Yeah. And then you follow it up with a really? road trip comedy where all of the trauma is treated as a joke. And I'm just like, okay, fuck it. Fuck it, dude. If we're not going to take any of... I've watched 23 films of you guys making up bullshit and like really hoping that we clasp on to every bit of character, every little plot point, every this, every that. And then moving forward, we're just going to ignore things. It felt like such a waste of my time as, like, an actual superhero fan. I've loved superheroes. I love Marvel. Marvel's my fucking thing. Ever since I was a kid, I loved playing with the figures. I would do little comic books with a digital camera. I would get the action figures and have them, like, do little storyboard things. It was my favorite thing to do. And seeing these movies was, like, seeing those little comic books that I made actually come to life. Things that I never thought would fucking happen. And then it's, like, a weird... You know, you. I, I felt like I got played. Because, you know, you look at Endgame and it's something that really implores this sense of gravity of like take me seriously and then moving forward uh, i felt like i was just getting wedgied by the the same jock <laughs> it was such a bummer and i feel like wandavision is the exact same thing in that it's doing what all of the fucking russo brothers uh avengers movies do which just ignore previous uh consequences entirely like i think the most annoying and i think like, downright, like, reprehensible thing that WandaVision does is that it goes back in time in her backstory to create new traumas even though she still has shit that she has done that she still needs to atone for. Like, the fact that this goes back into Civil War and that whole grief is love persevering scene. That takes place in Civil War after Wanda has blown up an apartment building in Africa. She has killed dozens of people, dozens of innocent people with a suicide bomber that she threw into the building. When she's feeling down and out in that film, it's because she killed innocent lives. And then we go in this flashback and they rewrite it as her grieving over Pietro. Which is so weird, so fucking weird, especially since all of this fucking series is about her subjugating and enslaving the people around her uh, because of her own mistakes. That it doesn't ever, ever look at the logo situation is like, okay see what we're doing here you wanted to make movies about how the avengers are killing innocent people namely a lot of africans time and time again because it's also the fucking hulkbuster scene in age of ultron where uh, they just completely demolished that entire city i don't know i i feel like it's so weird that they're doing the girl power shit, the black representation shit, the corporate versions of all of these things. And yet the stuff that is clear already in the text that they could be diving right into, they completely skirt over as like something that never happened. It's like revisionist history of this made up bullshit. If, if we are to take the show seriously, I I can't see any way where I can if it's not if like the creators aren't really looking at the lore seriously marvel always gets me in a weird tiffy where like i feel like the point of it is to get deep in the weeds of what it's about but then as soon as you do you figure out that you've thought about this more than the creators ever did and then you just feel fucking stupid and you do what I do right now where you launch back all of your critiques because it's like, okay, none of this matters. But then you find something in your brain again that's like, wait a minute, that does kind of matter because these are the most popular things of all time. And like the messages that these are sending about uh, authoritarianism and what is actually right, especially what Wanda fucking does, you know, it's, are, are you similarly caught in this in this? like mental death spiral or am i is this my my pandemic neuroses acting out
1: um i i'm gonna say both i will say both I think (laughs) because i feel i do feel like i mean what my brain always comes back to is like and the reason marvel gets so close to being fun and then just blows it and you got in there a bit with like the authoritarian authoritarianism they love to make up something that is the bad guy instead of, like, the government. Do you know what I mean? Like, sword. Sword. <laughs> I can't say that word. Is suddenly...
0: Sword? Because
1: so- I, I, I feel like I need to say the W. Sword. 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 sword.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't
1: know. Sword is your bad guy in this movie. All of a sudden, even though, literally, it's this guy who's, like, she's hurting all of these people and she's very dangerous. Um we should probably do something about that. And the FBI is like, no, no, no. Let's leave her be. <laughs> You're like, it's that thing with Marvel, which is I love I love uh sorry, Winter Soldier because it's basically like you should re- it's basically like you should reevaluate the fundamental like pillars of your government of those around you who have the weapons who have the money who are telling you what to do you should reevaluate all of those you should look deeper into that because they are all sourced from the same evil
0: but isn't the ending of winter soldier ultimately okay all the resources that the nazi's had now the americans have it and we're going to do a better thing with it
1: exactly you get to the end and they're like all right this all this like weird like surveillance equipment that's worth billions of dollars well it's good actually because captain america's got it now (laughs) nick fury's got it now and you're like oh so it's it's like it was just a matter of like who's got the terrorist weapons (laughs) and that's what this does again where it's like oh this guy with sword is like he's revealing himself to be like not actually after wanda's best interest and it's like why should we be looking after wanda's best interest right now she's terrorizing a city full of innocent people (laughs) and the fbi guy is like "Hmm, no we should protect her we should protect the most powerful avenger whose powers are unchecked and incomprehensible
0: yeah i mean marvel has been doing this a lot recently where their villains as of late are either radicals or, or or cynics uh, and you know, I, I feel like the F, the the head of sword in this in this show brings up an incredible point uh, where, like Monica Rambo comes in trying to take control of the operation, and he goes, "You haven't been here in the last five years. There's like no, we don't have the luxury of optimism. We can't assume." That Wanda has the best intentions here, and it's the same fucking thing with uh, Killmonger in Black Panther. Oh my where, god! Like, yeah, literally, Black Panther is about the feds like killing black radicals, and like that's the whole thing too with the MCU is that they keep killing the villains. Like it's never about reformation. It's never about can we do something with you? Can you think of a, a living uh, Marvel villain? <laughs> like it's they all get systemically slaughtered,
1: and then you have. Bucky Barnes, who like God bless him, we know he's just misunderstood. But like literally, they're just like wait, 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 he's misunderstood, and everyone's like, oh, never mind, he's on our side now. You have Loki, who's like everyone's favorite quote unquote villain because he's just like a, he's just a twisted guy, you know, he's just a funny, twisted, mischievous guy, and so like they can't pick like they, like they either have they're dead because they make good points or. Hey, they're just a nice there's just like another guy who we just gotta we just gotta get him on our side because he's a nice harmless white man. <laughs> they went
0: from being very bland and just boring to wanting to make them interesting, which in turn makes it so that they now they have points and yeah. now every superhero has basically become a villain like in Captain America Civil War I find that movie so fascinating because the end of it like Captain America and everyone that he picks up they are all like terrorist fugitives like they are all like hell-bent on no oversight from the United States government no not even the United States government no oversight from the United Nations they will operate independently and freely as their own self-judging unit which is uh, no good. You don't want that ever.
1: The bad guy in that movie is literally just a dude who's like hey, I'm just gonna be <laughs> I'm just gonna get revenge on the people who murdered my entire family.
0: Even him, Zemo, is like in with Killmonger, in with this fucking sword guy, they are all these dudes that have incredible points about the misuse of power amongst these superheroes, and then they are ham fistedly written into these decisions, like these evil decisions that these characters, based on what they've previously said, would never do. Like Killmonger suddenly killing people in Wakanda. Like that he is would not never do what. That. No, that is not what a fucking radical unifier would ever fucking do in that scenario. Same thing, like, in in WandaVision, you have the sword dude who's like, we need to help everyone. And then they make him, like, shoot a kid in the very last episode. (laughs) Like, okay, just, they force these villains who have points to do something very villainous in the end. So that the last thing you remember is that they were bad people. Which is always very sus behavior in mythmaking materials.
1: It just doesn't take you anywhere productive at all because at the end of everything, it's like, that's that tidied up. We're done. Let's check the gate next. There's no like conversations to be continued because their villains are dead. Who like the villains who may raise really good points are either dead or like in prison or whatever. Or Miss what's her what's her name Catherine Hahn, who's like, um, your powers are extremely dangerous, like impossible to check. Let me be your teacher. Let us work together and figure out your powers. And Wanda's like, no, you're gonna be my slave <laughs> forever.
0: WandaVision has like really been regaled as like a character piece, a study on grief. Um do you think this is that?
1: <laughs> it wants to be, but it doesn't get that far. It writes off the entire grieving storyline as what is grief but love persevering and then it's just (laughs) over it's just over after that i liked the journey i mean i didn't love how it was executed but i liked the concept of Catherine han being like let us revisit your trauma and when wanda's like i don't need to see this again and she's like no 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 because the only way forwards is backwards which is like a, a big i think that's a therapy like strategy of like we need to discuss What's happened in order to move forwards? Because clearly Wanda does not want to think about it. She just wants to create her own little town where everything is good. And so I liked that. And then it was... But then it was just like... Like, it did feel like, a, like an old school TV episode where, like, your character goes back in time and you just see, like, the explanation for everything. And like you said, they just make it up. And we had this conversation where Kevin said to me, like, before we started WandaVision, he was like, what's the whole TV thing? And I was like, surely... When she was in Avengers Tower in Civil War, surely she was watching TV. That was my only explanation.
0: I thought you were just shitposting. I thought you were just, you know, pulling my fucking chain. And then lo and and behold, (laughs) we get to the fucking episode. And that is literally the basis of her entire projection. They just write in the fact... That her parents snuck in not bootlegs, official DVD no, box sets. No, they
1: could never bootleg because because Disney wants you to uh, buy their official DVDs. <laughs> I
0: lost my fucking mind when this happened. I went berserk. <laughs> they based an entire television series off of just a random like. Oh, what if she just watched a lot of TV? That is literally what happened. Lost my shit. I mentioned this earlier, Aya, while we're here, can I bring up the other part of the show that actually like almost made me break my television?
1: (laughs) Oh, by all means.
0: When Wanda is driving in that Red Buick into Westville, New Jersey in the second to last episode. Does she have money? That's my question. Who knows? Blood money. Fuck it. She drives into that town, she drives up to this empty plot of land in a neighborhood, she walks up to where this house should be, and she opens up in her pocket this deed that Vision has
1: purchased. What's Vision's line of them? credit like? What's Vision, like, does Vision have money? Does Vision have trust? Does Vision have funds? Like how did he get did he get a loan? I don't understand. I not-
0: <laughs> the Avengers Tower has a payroll, I imagine. They must. I lost my fucking shit at this revelation that is meant to make you cry. Hi, can you remind me? The last time we saw Wanda and, uh, and Vision, uh, where, where were they? They were in Scotland. The entire concept of them being in Scotland is that they are running away from any normal sense of life. They are going off the grid. Mm-hmm. So what this show supposes... Mm-hmm is that in the 10 minutes in all these films that we spend with these two as a couple, they retcon four of those
1: minutes
0: (laughs) to make it so that, oh no, they weren't going off the grid. They were actually going to move from Scotland to New Jersey. That's what we want to harp our entire emotional truth on.
1: I guess it was- No,
0: Aya, don't do this. Don't fucking do this. It was
1: more they like were the in Scotland. Thing. It was like a way in the future thing. Like I think he, if if I'm to believe vision, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think vision is a joke. I can't. I'm so sorry. Let's talk about. Let me break this down really fast for the people in the audience.
0: Okay, so hold on. So, but you thought... look at him.
1: Look at him. Oh. He's a joke.
0: <laughs> okay, but hold on. Let's rewind. Then you said that the romance in the show you found very lovely. What, what's going on? What, what's happening?
1: It was nice. I like sitcoms.
0: <laughs> so this was just like, so an, like first, a pure like yeah. like beast brain level you just yes, like the feelings it was i like the first
1: in the first like three or four episodes when they're just purely being wanda and vision that are in love i was like this is lovely good for wanda and then of course you learn the depths of what's going on and you're like this is terrifying this is very strange this is strange behavior i liked vision more in the program i thought that he was interesting but um I think Vision. I can't, I cannot explain why I think Vision's a joke. He's a red man. I can't get past that. He's not real. He's not real. He's not a real person. He's not, is he capable of feelings? I don't understand why he would be capable of feelings. He's not real. Is he real? I,
0: I don't, it's Paul, it's Paul Bettany in red paint, dude. I, <laughs> he, I don't. They give him good writing. He flies around. He can fire like gem fucking spirals out of his forehead. Okay, so hold on. Are you interested in the future of Marvel cuz I what what's your what's your read here? I feel like we've had a very uh uh dull and tedious 6 hours of media consumption. Are you going to continue consuming this media?
1: I don't genu- I don't know. I really don't know. I I I like I've always been kind of weird about like what I will consume and won't about Marvel where I just have like very like like there's certain like like the vision thing there's certain things my brain rejects I won't do it I like watched Doctor Strange on my TV and texted the entire movie it was uh, unless Rachel McAdams was on the screen or Mads Mickelson. like that movie was stupid like I don't there's certain things I just can't do but like I saw I've seen most every release in theaters recently like with movie pass with AMC stubs hell yeah I can go see them r.i.p. will i ever again i don't know but like now that like captain america gone i will watch winter soldier the show because i love the winter soldier falcon is also funny (laughs) i will obviously pull up a freaking seat for every single of Loki. Oh,
0: good. Good. I yeah.
1: will be. I will be the tweens who are on Disney Plus at 11:59 p.m. every single week for Loki. Other than that, am I going to watch a Marvel movie again? Pro- I probably. I don't know. I can't say. Like, I don't care about Spider Man very much. I love Zendaya, obviously, but the last Spider Man movie was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, why do you the, love the Zendaya? What does she do? What does she? She's Zendaya. That's it. I mean, she's. Everyone loves Zendaya. She seems. She's great. She's, she's in the, just
0: non-stop bad things, but she seems cool.
1: I didn't watch Malcolm and Marie.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Euphoria is a, is a war crime. I've
1: not watched a second of Euphoria, <laughs> and I never will, baby. I'm too old for that nonsense. <laughs> Everyone, I just feel like, she's a great personality. She's an interesting personality, I think, more. Okay. All right. She's gorgeous. She's cool. She's interesting. I get frustrated that her name's not Zendaya, but that's a personal problem. I want my name to be in her name. Okay. Um. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, I'll watch the Black Widow movie when it's on Disney Plus. Will I'm you? Sure. You're gonna watch
0: the Scarlett Johansson action movie? That's, I will. That's written right. by one of the main writers of WandaVision.
1: Oh God! Again, I'll watch it on Disney Plus at home okay. while I text the entire movie. Um, I will watch Thor. I will see the movies that my favorites are going continue to be in. Like, I don't know what this. Is, I don't like care about Hulk. I don't care about Hawkeye.
0: Yeah, but that's how they fucking get you though, because they're gonna put fucking uh, what is it? They're gonna put uh, Bucky Barnes is gonna show up in in the Hawkeye show, and then they're gonna put is a
1: Hawkeye show.
0: Don't. Yeah, they're shooting a Hawkeye show right now, dude. No, they're shooting a Miss no. Marvel show. they everything Who? is getting a show. They're introducing Who's new Ms. heroes. Uh, I mean, it, it's that one has a little bit of promise. It's like a young Pakistani girl that gets like stretchy limb powers.
1: No, right, I'll watch that one. That sounds fun. Yeah,
0: it's it's whatever. It's you know.
1: I watch Captain Marvel. But that's I'm the just thing. Okay. I just don't see myself being as into it anymore. Like now that I'm like, I know you're bullshit, and like the stories that I cared about have come to an end. I will watch the. Na- I will see. I will see Guardians of the Galaxy through. I will see Thor through. I mean, I'll see. I'll continue to follow my guys, but like, I don't know what the future holds for this for these franchises, and I kind of don't know if I care, especially after Wandavision, which like. I really didn't care about this show. I didn't even want to watch it. I didn't think I was going to watch it. I was looking at spoilers every week being like, huh? and then we decided to watch it this freaking podcast, and I liked the first half, and then it did the same thing it always does, like I said earlier. So, like, why am I encouraged to watch more? Again, I will watch the next two shows because they are my literal favorite characters, but after that, I'm like, why should I feel excited about this if it's just going to be freaking propaganda?
0: We, we watched this in a very specific way. We didn't watch any of the episodes until this week, so we were basically yeah. able to binge episodes one through eight. Uh, yeah. This has been a huge topic on Twitter about uh, like every Friday night and Saturday morning uh, in Friday morning. You get this huge uh, outpouring of, of discussion around appointment television and everyone theorizing. And how do you feel about binging a TV show versus watching it week to week? And how do you think that affected
1: this show for you? I like spreading TV out because um it's so nice to have something to look forward to every week especially now. But if I watched this show week by week, I would have stopped watching because like it truly lost me so hard. But because I was able to binge it, I was able to just be like oh, next episode, I guess. <laughs> so I th- I don't know. I it's going to it's exciting to me that Loki will be week by week because I care about that one and I will be it's exciting to have something to look forward to like truly that's ultimately it I I like I think there are certain shows that should be binged Emily in Paris Dash and Lily and I think there are certain shows that are meant to be consumed by week week by week was this one of them I don't know what do you think
0: I think no one should watch the show under any circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> Point, That's period. not an answer. <laughs> um, I, I think the the week-by-week uh, appointment viewing for the show uh, just completely hurt it. Because I think what ultimately hurts a lot of Marvel movies is that when they come out, you have months and months of theorizing about what they're going to be. And they sometimes hint at it, and then they never actually do any of the cool shit. And so, when you ostensibly have a six-hour Marvel movie, and I think that's the fucking shitty part about this show, is that it's scripted and shot and structured to be binged, and yet they cut it up week by week. And I feel like it just makes for the worst pacing, the worst type of storytelling, where it's purposefully inching you along to get, like, You know, it's not charging per episode, but it's certainly written as if it could be. It's like, well, that thing didn't really make sense at all in episode two, but we're going to answer it in episode five. You know, I find that so fucking annoying about the first half of the show is that you know something's up, you know, like you're watching the whole (laughs) sitcom shit and it's cute, I guess, but the show itself can't stop giving you hints of the real world coming in and so it very quickly establishes the sitcom stuff is, is is material that you're meant to look through. Like if you take it on yeah. its face, that's not what it's meant for. It's filled with double entendres. It's filled with like little sprinkles of, of Marvel lore. It's never allowed to be itself. And so anytime uh, WandaVision is being uh, a a 60s TV show or Modern Family, which by the way, the fact that Modern Family is so iconic that it's on the same level of I Love Lucy, sucks ass. So much of the show is dedicated to these recreations when at the end of the day, the recreations are meant to be ignored. It just feels like such a misuse of time, of writing, of money. And you know, at the end of the day, it is bringing up so many interesting ideas like all the Marvel movies do in terms of oh Mephisto oh what does that fly do oh is that bunny something who's Ralph and then of course you get to the end and it's just fighting in the sky you have two visions fighting two of the most like conceptually interesting superheroes in that they can do anything they want and they're just punching each other that's all they do As with any of these fucking movies, you have all these characters that are supposed to be gods and superhumans and above the norm of anything any mortal being could be, and the ending is them uh, punching each other. Uh, And so, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people this week were really punished by the week-by-week viewing that I don't think would have been as turned off by this ending had this just been dropped at once, and you could—I mean— that's that's the annoying part too. Is that there will also be this sort of discourse around the fact that like, well, I mean, if you're theorizing about the show, you can't really blame that on the show. That was you laying your expectations on it, which I think is bullshit. When literally, literally, the show itself is inviting you to theorize it's about what is happening. You. You no, know, there's that whole meta element of of the FBI people and the sword people. They, the only way they know what is happening is by watching the show that we are watching, which is this weird self-reflexivity that kind of took me back to Civil War. And I thought, okay, this is an interesting thing they're doing. And then they completely, as with any of these films, with anything cool happening, they normalize it and they take out all of the coolness of it and all the magic of it by being like, like at one point, Randall Park's character is looking at the television screen and he's bored, like are you fucking then what are we supposed to do? What do you mean? You're watching an avenger create an alternate dimension that is being broadcasted through a television set. You're going to sit there like, "Oh man, I guess they're in the 60s now." I don't I don't know why they do this. I don't know why everything isn't cranked up to 11 in these shows, dude. And I, I you know, and I think that's what people expect. It, this is a crazy weird concept for a show. I'll give it that. It, it's it's a big swing. And I think fans, you know, you set, like, viewers up for that. Yeah, they're going to try and match you and theorize and try and come up with a better show than what is ultimately piecemealed out. I I don't get it. I don't know why they're playing so conservatively every one of these fucking movies.
1: That's the problem. That's – thank you. Perfect segue into my favorite point about Marvel, which is that, like, the reason that Marvel sucks (laughs) – Which I don't think is necessarily true. Like, I do have a lot of fun with these things and I feel like I'm swinging back and forth. But I feel like that's the problem with Marvel is that I'm always going to be swinging back and forth. I'm never going to land on, like, this fully sucks or this is fully good. But the problem with Marvel ultimately is that it's all being made for, like, massive consumption. Mass consumption. Like, they want my mom to watch this. They want my dad to watch this. They want my little my little cousin to watch this. They want my 40 something year old cousin to watch this. They want everyone to watch this, which makes everything watered down, which is not to be like critical of like whatever. Maybe I am being critical of like mass media, but like
0: I mean, you did say it's... that we were all getting dumber last week.
1: Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. This show literally <laughs> this show proved my point. But it's like because I feel like for me I loved the, like, weird, like, what is going on with this show? It was very, I mean, obviously it's not to the skill of it, but it had the energy of, like, a Twin Peaks, where it was just kind of like, let's watch this very strange thing happened, and I'm not going to make, I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to have a nice time. But then they started asking questions in like episode two and I'm like, oh, well, then it's, bu- it's, bu- it's busted. It's busted. The first half of the show, like the first maybe three episodes where they are like sincerely going hard on the, we are in a sixties sitcom before anything else is introduced. That should have been the first 15 episodes. <laughs> that should have been like, that should have been six episodes out of nine that just they should have gone through six decades or whatever with like very little outside interaction and then you give me everything for the last three episodes maybe
0: you you do the actual tenant thing of like all right i'm going to go through the movie forwards and then we're going to go through the movie backwards
1: yeah like explain everything to me at the very last minute so that i can enjoy like what is going on and give really tiny hints but instead they were like all right we'll do this for We'll do this for one and a half episodes. We don't want you guys to be bored with this whole, like, I Love Lucy gimmick. And then they just whack you over the head with it. And I think that that's really boring. But I th- And I think that that's a problem with Marvel. And that's, like, always what I come back to. I always come back to Thor Ragnarok, which I love that movie. But I think that it would have been so much more fun if the Hulk was a surprise. But Marvel could never make the Hulk a surprise because... They wanted the money of having the Hulk in this movie and all the trailers. And that is the ultimate problem with Marvel is they're never going to be able to give you an actual interesting surprise or premise because they have to capitalize on every single aspect. And that takes me back to like, I think about Winter Soldier, which is like a perfect movie. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) But I love Winter Soldier because I love the like reveal of who the Winter Soldier is But ultimately that movie succeeds and the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe fails because Sebastian Stan isn't famous. Like now he's more famous, but like that movie succeeds because they were like, he's more famous than he was. I don't think he's still not that famous, but like That movie succeeds because you're not told who the bad guy is. You're just given kind of like an idea of the bad guy. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, it's his childhood friend. But because Sebastian Stan isn't a huge actor and they didn't make too big of a deal of him in the first movie. At all. They were able to keep that a secret and to keep it like, oh, remember this guy? He's a bad guy now. But like. That's when the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe fails is because. Bucky is a huge aspect of Captain America. He literally is the catalyst for the entire third film because Captain America th- risks it all for him. But like that's hardly even really looked into at all because he's not like no shade discussion stand. I think he's very sexy. He's not that famous and Marvel's like, mm, "We can't really make money on this guy. Let's throw in let's throw in Iron Man." You know what I mean? Like let's throw in uh Spider-Man's going to be there too. And um oh we got Black Panther. Throw Black Panther in there too. We're like the real Like, the nitty-gritty of Civil War is that Captain America's best friend who murdered Tony Stark's parents is back, and he's like, I pick him. (laughs) I pick him always. Yeah, but I mean— It's nothing.
0: Well, I think it's even nothing from the get-go, though, is the issue. Like, it's not just, like—I think you need to throw in these other superheroes, though, because, like, in the first Avenger, when Bucky is introduced, we have, like, seven minutes with this fucking rando— And there's a bunch
1: of other dudes there.
0: Who are like (laughs) close friends with him. The whole Bucky situation is doing... That's basically... They took that formula and it was like, all right, let's do WandaVision with that same thing. We're like this character that we have done nothing with and we've actually actively halted all of their development. What if we just go back in time and we just give them stuff that they did? Oh, Bucky? Yeah, sure, he killed Iron Man's parents. Sure, let's just give him that so we can stack him up a little bit. Wanda uh she was actually sad about her brother this whole time and not the fact that she's a mass murderer (laughs) you know just put those in and uh shushu a question though about your structure for this show though let's say you go through the first six episodes of just the tv parodies would you not be annoyed by knowing that if you're in episode three that like yeah yeah i mean this is fun and all but in episode seven they're gonna answer everything anyways Like, isn't that like a specter on the horizon that is sort of ruining the point of, of like, the the, the weird beekeeper and everything freezing and stuttering is the fact that, like, you could try and figure it out, but you know, you know it's just going to answer it anyways, so why bother imagining it? Because that's the trouble I ran into with this show.
1: I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not like a TV writer. (laughs) That's just what I want. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I just would have rather seen... I would have rather seen all of these things done to completion. I don't know. Which is insane!
0: insane thing that we're saying about a six fucking hour movie.
1: That's why these are comics. There's so much lore. There's so much backstory. There's so much... To be internalized as well like you said about wanda wanda is like wanda was a young radical i don't remember what the situation was she they don't was explain it at all they just called her uh,
0: they just call her a radical uh, she, she, she was radicalized by um wasn't it hydra or something that's what striker's from
1: again I've the show doesn't Ultron. care so whatever <laughs> no one cares so like she was, but she was like basically brain brainwashed, and her powers were used for evil, and then she snaps out of it, question mark when um p Piet- when uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson dies, and she is good suddenly with the Avengers, and she's just like, yeah, sure, I'm in now, and then she kills a bunch of people in Lagos, and then she's left alone for maybe the first time ever to sit with her thoughts. And we're just not going to do any soul searching about that at all. It doesn't make any <laughs> There's too much lore. There's too much going on, like, with that character that, like, you can't solve it in a six hour TV show that's going to be engaging to my aunt. And you can't mark and you can't sell it. They can't, they can't sell it. They couldn't, they couldn't, they can't sell it. I, It's I I, oh. that's when I get really worked up and angry because I'm like, these could be really, really fun. These movies could be so freaking fun. They could be interesting and a little bit deeper than the just shallow nonsense that they are now. And they they can't because they're like, oh, well, we're not going to be the highest grossing film of all time if we actually dive into these characters' psyches.
0: Well, having just watched six hours of this bullshit, uh, it's very fresh in your mind. Uh, do you have any new uh, feelings towards any of the... Scorsese based uh, sort of idea around these movies being like disposable theme parks, uh, theme park rides like is is this, where do you lay on the side of history now that you've gotten like a fresh brain injection of this? People are taking this show very fucking seriously on the internet. They are. There was a tweet that went around on February 21st uh, from Ezra Klein. A, okay. p- a pretty big thinker in the American cultural space, unfortunately. He went on a, a small thread about WandaVision that drove a lot of people insane, but drove a lot more people into like a unifying cry of, yes, this is actually a masterful piece of uh, technological uh, uh, entertainment. Uh, so Ezra Klein goes, I still kind of can't believe Marvel actually made WandaVision. And even more so, they pulled it off so well. What were those pitch meetings even like? One thing Marvel does way better than the other nostalgic IP entertainment plays out there is treat the familiarity of their characters as capital they can spend down on more experimental and ambitious stories and aesthetics. It's hard to imagine you'd get Thor Ragnarok or WandaVision greenlit without familiar characters at the core. The scripts would just be too alienating and weird for studios to take the chance. But at the same time, it's not like what Marvel is doing is normal for those companies. Even just within Disney, look at how much safer the expanding Star Wars universe has played it, at least so far. I know there's some weird contractual issue that makes it so Marvel won't make a new Hulk movie right now, but someday that will end in a horror movie based on the Immortal Hulk run would be so, so great. That's Ezra Klein, opinion columnist for the New York Times.
1: They're never going to do that, bro.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're never going to make that shitty Hulk horror movie. Can you imagine the pitch meeting for WandaVision? Because I feel like I can pretty vividly picture what that's like. Mm, Speak on it. Uh Okay, uh, we have a few characters uh, on the margin that we haven't really explored very much. Uh, look at this, Wanda Maximoff. She's uh, a war criminal, but also a victim of war. Her parents, dead. Her brother, dead. Her husband, dead. So what if she uses her powers to bring it all back to life? And while we're at it, we'll create brand synergy by making the entire show about how delightful it is to lose yourself in television... We'll make a show about how great it is to love TV as our first Marvel TV show. Folks, money, and then Kevin Feige just like finishes his like fucking (laughs) and just comes all over it and uh, loves it. Loves it so much. I feel like that's the pitch meeting.
1: That sounds about right.
0: Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds pretty easy. I mean, I don't think there
1: are even pitches. Are there even pitches anymore? Or is it just kind of like, here's what we kind of chugged out and you take take it and and the director's like,
0: yeah, sure. I feel like a lot of the refutations around people who critique Marvel uh, is the whole let people enjoy things uh, come back the entire, this is just fun. Uh, This sort of media has been around forever. Uh, This is just our current version of it. And then there's also that clip going around that was reinforcing the fact that the success of these types of properties and these types of movies, they ultimately fund smaller, more interesting uh, uh, projects in the end On one hand, I would love for these to just be fun things that we are able to kind of waste our time with, Um, but I think what the response to WandaVision has taught me is that we are dying to make this the new canon. We really want the Marvel movies to be not only our new big boys, but to take over the mantle of what big boys were before, which which. We've talked about a lot on the show, the whole idea of destabilizing the idea of the canonical big boys. But it seems like now we're doing it in a very Amazon's doing the good thing type of way.
1: I don't think, I think the concept of like, this gives giving your money to Disney only gives Disney more money to make more stuff. And you should feel good about giving your money to Disney because it funded Wandavision. And I'm like, there, there was an employee who died in her car, in the parking lot of Disneyland because she could like she was unhoused, and she was making like twelve dollars an hour and standing on her feet all day with no health insurance. They just fired all of their parks employees. I know so many people who were laid off in the middle of COVID, and I'm supposed to be like, yay, WandaVision. <laughs> Quirky content is getting funded, thank God. I'm just gonna shut up and eat my freaking gruel and just like just like move forward of my life. I mean, obviously,
0: the box office receipts are reflecting that these movies are the culture. Um the Nielsen ratings on Wandavision proved this is the most popular television show in the world. And what I've figured out uh, is that it it seems like not only are these things getting more successful uh but we we are really uh we are eat, we are eating that gruel baby like we 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 are licking our little piggies our fingies we want more and more and i don't know it gets a little nefarious when you really look at what these movies are actually are are doing it's weird
1: it's weird military propaganda it's weird uh
0: yep yeah. one division i will say i thought the third episode uh was kind of dope I did like it. The whole one word set, set in the 70s. She gives birth to two children uh, in the course of a single day. Everything coming together in terms of, oh, we want to make a weird show. Oh, we want to make kind of like a, a scary show. We want to make a comedy. And we also want to make an homage. I I felt like all of it kind of convened together when like that stork magically conjures up in the background of the yeah. frame. I was like, what the fuck is happening? And it never. That's one of the few things in the show that never gets answered. Like, why is there a random stork that gets popped up out of the blue? It's good. I like that. Just random animals. More of that, please. Well, you know, storks, huh? Baby making. Who do you want to make babies nope. with? Ooh, real fucking hotties. Aya Lehman. Oh,
1: my God. Are we done talking about WandaVision? Do you feel done talking about WandaVision?
0: I desperately want to be done talking about WandaVision.
1: Wow.
0: (laughs) Aya Lehman, who was the hottest of, not the flick, of the series in WandaVision?
1: Uh, My honorable mention (laughs) is Paul Bettany is my honorable mention because I found him uh, repulsive seems to... Cruel, because I don't think he's ugly. I just felt every time I saw him, um, I felt unpleasant, and I don't really care for. I didn't really care for him, what? as I said. Vision is a joke, but now I think he's charming, and I find him handsome in real life when he wears those weird glasses.
0: Didn't you tell me a weird story about him though? Isn't he like a? Isn't he like like mm. way too game to kill a woman?
1: Mm. Allegedly, we shouldn't get into that on the podcast.
0: Okay, All right. he's
1: very good friends with Johnny Depp um and some text messages from Paul Bettany were used as evidence in certain trials having to do with Johnny Depp and they were damning um anyways he also has a very cool love story <laughs> did you know that one I told you I told you that one right Paul Bettany he like worked on a movie with Jennifer Connelly at a certain point so he like knew her and then when 9/11 happened <laughs> he freaked out because i mean she probably like i think she like lived near there something like that he freaked out realized he wanted to be with jennifer connelly and jennifer connelly only so like he like called her and was like we like i need to be with you and she was like okay and i don't remember if he like ran he like went to her house or something but he was like we need to be together and she was like all right and they like got engaged three days later like (laughs) it's so crazy and they're still together love that for them she's so gorgeous um, number three is Randall Park. I think he's very cute and he is very charming and he's a good actor and I think he's very funny and I always get excited when he's in things. I think he's good in Ant Man. Number two is Catherine uh, Hahn, who is incredibly sexy in this and uh, it scared it scared me honestly. It scared me a lot. How and do you feel? One, how,
0: how do you feel about Catherine Hahn's witch look? Like in the last two Ugh, episodes,
1: less uh, uh, too. It much. looks it looks
0: awful. I think it, it's it's yeah, such it an embarrassing bad. look.
1: Looks like she's in a production of the Crucible, like but like yeah. a like a local production. Of a it's Crucible. the
0: worst costume of the show because they put like a Halloween costume on her, and then for some reason underneath it, there's also like this wool turtleneck. It's yeah, it's horrible. too much
1: and her makeup was just like oh man the, the the contouring of her nose was terrifying i am addicted to anything that has to do with the salem witch trials and they did not do enough with that storyline
0: <laughs> yeah i mean kind kind of weird that it actually insinuates that there are real witches um very weird choice i <laughs> thought
1: that was very strange because it's like i don't i don't these know these women she, were killed I, for a reason yeah it was disturbing um my number one yes i was not prepared for this I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. But my number one is Elizabeth Olsen as okay. Wanda Maximoff herself.
0: You weren't prepared for this? Um,
1: I wasn't. I've always been kind of like, yeah, she's pretty, you know. And then I was watching it, and I was like, I would lay my life down for her. <laughs> she <laughs> is. And I remember at one point I was like, oh, she wears so, like. I remember I used to be like frustrated because I was like, she wears so many like low cut tops, and she's like in battle. And then this, I was like, oh, I'm. I don't have a. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> I love every little freckle on her face. I love her hair. (gasps) Her hair in every episode is just stunning. Oh my God. The long wig in the 70s one. The housewife women in the 50s one. She looked perfect. I'd I'd risk it all for her. I love her. (laughs) I think she's so beautiful. I'm in love with her. It's not a big deal. (laughs) Number one, Elizabeth Olsen.
0: Yeah, it's a fucking shame that she's been doing just this for the past six years. Um, she, her first she is the uh,
1: titular Martha Mary May Mar- Marlene or whatever oh
0: my god <laughs> you fucked that so bad Martha <laughs> Marcy May Marlene
1: okay I got it I was so close you were so Marcy, confident
0: about a movie you've never seen
1: <laughs> <laughs> not a second of it oh yeah Marcy <laughs> put the <laughs> the titular
0: Martha <laughs> oh man she is that is if that's like your first on-screen performance, that's like, you're you're one of the best actors who's ever lived and she's been stuck in this fucking time hole of just doing Scarlet Witch for five minutes, three minutes at a time in these Marvel movies. Oh, it's so sad. It is so tragic. And she
1: also was in one of the worst movies of the century. I Saw the Light, the Hank Williams biopic, oh, no. in which she plays Tom Hiddleston's wife. Did you know that they, did you know that they dated? That's a fun fact. Just a fun fact.
0: He dates everyone. His, his 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 dick is wet everywhere. That's Tom Hiddleston. That's what he does.
1: He also dated. He also dated Kat Dennings.
0: Oh, that fucking dog! <laughs> God damn it! Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was gonna wax poetic about Elizabeth Olsen and how she does the very best with uh, with a grief PSA uh, and. Yeah. Basically, this thing that all sort of genre media is doing where it just uses these very empty, hollow signifiers of grief in order to paint an entire portrait of what it feels like. And it gets people every fucking time. But, Kevin,
1: she wears sweatpants.
0: <sighs> she wears She's sweatpants.
1: depressed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the shitty part. You bring that up and I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. They made one good costume choice. Cool. She does her best, even though the magic, uh, she's just screaming. That's all she does. Uh, Too bad. Alas, and this goes back to my early days of 2008. Nick and Nora's The Infinite Playlist.
1: Of course, of course.
0: I simply want to be crushed by Kat Denning's two giant fists, her magnificent, huge knuckles. Uh, I want her Mm. to punch me into the floor uh, with just her... Gazumbas. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, did you watch
1: that movie, Suburban Gothic? Of course She's not. I've
0: too. Literally, never heard of that film. <laughs>
1: it's not very good. <laughs> She's obviously Cat Dennings in it, so I loved
0: it. Yeah, I mean, look, I feel like any binge washing of Cat of Dennings shit is just is, is it's it's too depraved. I need to not. I need Wait, to you not.
1: Weren't a, you weren't a two broke girls guy.
0: <laughs> oh, I would. I, I I can't say that. <laughs> Look, Cat Dennings uh, yeah i've I've been on your team since seven My name's Kevin Cookman. I live in the Los yeah. Angeles area. Let me, <laughs> let me know okay, okay, okay. I'm done i'm i'm mm-hmm. I'm so ready to not talk about this show ever again. I'm very ready. i I, feel, I really I, feel yeah.
1: like I will never talk about the show again. I've again, I watched it all in one week. I haven't talked about it this week one bit. I've told many people I watched it, and they were like, oh, "Okay, that's it. No response."
0: Yeah, I I have a very like Game of Thrones series finale feeling right now, where it's like, "Wow, Ooh,
1: that's, I, that's that's really dark."
0: Yeah, like I spent a lot of time to keep up with something because the Zeitgeist guys kept telling me that they was this was a good thing to keep up with. You should dedicate your time to this. And um, what I got at the end of the day was just Disney's version uh, of of the HBO series Watchmen. Uh, which is actually about the impact of media on our sort of fascist understanding of the world, is actually about uh, authoritarian rule over the innocents, uh, actually about uh, a race. Whereas uh, WandaVision just wants to skirt under dozens and dozens of African deaths under the rug so that it can make it just a family affair once again. Uh, watch, Watchmen. A uh, big, big recommend. And if you don't like any of the things I just mentioned, you get to see Dr. Manhattan's giant fucking dick. Just huge ya-ya dick. D- it, yeah, great stuff.
1: I just really, we've talked about this many times. I just think that Disney keeps making, and Marvel keeps making, I think you said this, genre movies where I'm like, okay, let me give you like real movies that you could watch that are better than this. That just, They're just movies that are better than this. But, oh, sorry, I guess, I guess Captain America's not in that one. <laughs> There's no, like, recognizable faces in that one. It's fine. Sorry I became Martin Scorsese at the end of this episode. I will be watching Loki. Good night. Thank you for listening to I vs. Versus Big Boys on the Round Magazine Podcast Network. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast um follow me at Aya LHMN on twitter and instagram follow kevin and kevin cookman on twitter and instagram follow mary Grant magazine at mgr magazine on twitter instagram and facebook join jim in the jukebox subscribe to the mary ground patreon patreon.com slash mgrm kevin what's our email address
0: uh you can send in some fan mail at Aya versus the big boys at gmail.com
1: gorgeous gorgeous thank you and as always the runes wanda <laughs> Don't be mad, don't be mad at me, no, 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 no. da I can't stop
0: it, even if I want it, don't be mad, don't be mad at me, no, 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 no. I miss what you were saying, I was miles away, don't be mad, don't be mad, Now I got a choice, I was busy thinking about boys, boys busy dreaming about boys 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 I was mad. I got about boys 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 I was busy I got boys Boys Boys